The world is on fire, figuratively and literally. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's just start the fucking podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm Sean. I'm Randy. And this is Rural America. America. Randall. Hey, Sean. What's up? Not much, you. Not much. Brandon, you still there? I am. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. I have no problem. My pleasure. So, you're a realtor, right? I am. Uh, how long have you been a realtor now? Uh, so, this will be... I uh, started, got my license back in July 2018. All right. So, so, almost years. Right. So, what kind of uh, what kind of process do you got to go through to become a realtor? I heard, I mean, me, myself, I heard it was like, you know, a pretty hard thing to do. So, in my experience, it wasn't that difficult. Um, it's it's mainly a, a money game. Um, the way that uh, kind of the board of realtors, um, my board, is set up. Uh, really, you just have to, you just have to buy a class. Um, you can do it in person or you can do online courses. Um, I was working at a factory and so I did the online course, um, finished that. It's a 90 hour course. And then that's just to prepare you for the state licensing exam. Right. Uh, once you take that exam, obviously you got to pay for that. Then you can take it almost as many times as you want to, in order to pass it. Um, but, it was a four-hour test. Um, got it done in like an hour, and passed it first time, and that was it. And then you just got to go through all the um, board of realtor stuff and get a managing broker and all that. All right. You're a re- <laughs> so you have so you actually work for another broker, right? So yeah, I'm a. We're all brokers now. Um, and you have to, a managing broker has to hold your license. So, I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a company, I guess, but it's got to be a managing broker. Oh, um, okay. So they have to hold your license. And then basically everything belongs to the managing broker and you are just an associate. Um, so then there's a lot of things that have to be, you know, contracts and all that. And a lot of ins and out intricacies that are involved being a managing broker, but you can become your own managing broker after two years. Oh, well, really? that's what I was going to ask is why, or, uh, why do you have to work under a managing broker? But that okay. That answers my question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you got, once you're a managing broker for two years, then you got to do another course and pass another test. Um, because there's, there's other things involved with, you know, earnest money and, and stuff like that, that you have to know what you're doing. Um, so you don't get sued and all that. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot behind the scenes that goes on being a, being a broker and being a managing broker that a lot of people don't see or understand. I mean, it's not just buying and selling houses. Uh, it's, it's, 
a lot more involved. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I couldn't imagine the paperwork you guys have to do. <laughs> there, there is a lot of trees that get chopped <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in order to to do our job. Uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen packets at closing that there's over 200 pieces of paper. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> oh, just think about that. Right. Somebody company closing 20 deals a week and 200 pieces of paper for each deal that's a lot of paper <laughs> right yeah yeah me and my uh me and my wife bought a house about a year and a half ago and yeah um when we went to closing i literally felt like i was uh a rock star signing <laughs> out, signing my autograph so many times yeah <laughs> Yeah, you got to work out your wrist before you get to some of them. I mean, some of, some of them are simple. Um, it's, it all depends on what type of closing it is. Um, some can be a lot easier than others. Um, but you get into government loan closing or something like that, uh, there's going to be a lot of paperwork from the lender and what the government requires and all that. So it's, right. it can be... Uh, a tall task too. Some people get it's a little daunting when they walk in and see that big old stack of paper. But we try to make light of it. Most closing <laughs> are pretty fast, right. I and mean, they do it all the time. So they know pretty. Like one of my favorite closers. Unfortunately, he's not doing it anymore. But he could do it pretty much blindfolded. Right. I mean, he would order the papers the way that he goes through them and just he'll hand it over to you and tell you exactly what it is without even looking at it. So that, that was fun and made, made closing fun and interesting and had talking points, Right. you know, kind of get, you know, there's some, there's some situations that, you know, people having to sell their houses or, you know, it's not always hunky dory. Oh, um, I'm sure. When a house is sold or bought. Um, so, you know, kind of, being able to have somebody that makes light of the situation um, helps out in some cases. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's my three-year-old son being oh, okay. honored. <laughs> hey, hey, I understand. Yeah, I got a uh, four-year-old Chucky doll running around myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he is something else. We are well. He turned. He turns three in March, so we're potty training right now too. And oh, yeah, that's always fantastic as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we we have a ten year old daughter, but as parents can attest, um, boys and girls raising are completely different. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and potty training is completely different. Yeah, it is for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh you're you're you work in a small town is that right well i i work our office is out of shepherdville but i work all over uh, oh, okay. house, all right houses from richmond all the way to seymour um so far so okay. really it's just anybody that anybody that i know or anybody that has my name that reaches out to me i mean i try to help them out and I don't care to drive or 
Oh, there you go, man. You want to you promote yourself real quick? You can if you want. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how. I mean, I'm just uh, <laughs> just guy trying to – I mean, when I bought my house, you know, we sold our first house um, for sale by owner just because I didn't know any realtors, didn't know anything about it. Right. And uh, so then once I went through that process uh, – I figured a whole bunch out and then my realtor, when we bought our second house told me that I needed to become a realtor. So I did it. And, uh, I mean, I'm just, just a guy, just your normal everyday guy that knows the housing market, knows how to do the paperwork and put what you want and what you need first and foremost. Right. I'm just, just a helping Right. You also have to be a people person though, as well, right? Right. Yeah, I you don't. Cuz I'm sure people... I'm sure you have to put up with some shitheads every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens dealing with the public. Um, you know, people get agitated about some stuff or they think something's going to go one way and goes the other and that's one thing I try to do is just stay transparent about the whole process and right. if it's you know, if it's a hard truth, I'm going to tell you. Um, I don't I don't want you to get blindsided, you know, halfway through the process and be like, oh, you didn't tell me this was going to happen. So, I mean, I just want to set any client that I have, if they're a a seller or a buyer or they're trying to rent a house, like, I just want them to go through the, know the process and make educated decisions based on all the information. Right. Uh, So, I, I bombard people with information. Um, at the get go, just so that I don't leave any anything out. Um, because you know, I tell people it's kind of a, a five. If you're buying, it's kind of a five step process. You know, just because you found a house and got an accepted offer, doesn't mean that that house is yours yet. Um, right. You still got to get got to get through inspections. You got to get through underwrite. Um, you got to get clear clothes. You got to get the appraisal. Um, a lot of people don't understand the appraisal and and how that works. And then you got to get the title company has to get everything good with the deed of the house and all that. And then you got to close. And then once you close, then you can celebrate. But right. it's you know it's not just a snap of the fingers and the house is yours. So no, it um it's uh, a it can be a long process that's for sure. Right. So you know that. I, I'd rather people feel like they're under the gun from the start just so they can go through and try to manage everything right. and know everything that's going to happen rather than kind of keep them in the dark and then they get blindsided. Um, I mean, because I, I like to know all the information so that I can make an educated decision. So that's what I want for my clients. And you know, the same goes with listings. You know, we, I try to just give them the comparative market analysis. Hey, this is your type of house. These houses are similar to your house. They sold for this. And then they can make, they ultimately, it's your house. So you ultimately make the decision on what to sell it for or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, I, I want to give you all the information so that you make, 
an educated decision and set you up for success. Right. Um, and do so, you do you ever run into the problem of uh, so like say someone's uh, selling a house, right? You're their realtor, they're wanting to sell their home. Um, <clears throat> do you ever have to deal with somebody who is basically want an unrealistic price for their house? I mean, yeah, um, it happens a lot, especially in the market today. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's just not a lot of houses for sale. And there's a lot of people trying to buy houses that the, the term that's used, um, by most is the seller's market. Right. Uh, and hey, I was going to ask you about that. I, uh, I've been hearing that for a couple of years now that the, the prices have gone up here recently quite a bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder um, why, why that is. So, I mean, it's just an influx of buyers. Um, you know, we had businesses coming in, the economy was good, but the main thing with buyers was, I mean, we're at an all time low with rates. Um, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, that, that made people, you know, they finally realized that they can buy a house, but there's, you know, there's some people that, that have to rent, whether it's credit situations or, or what have you. Right. Um, but when you, there's all these discussions about renting and buying. So, you know, you, you have to make the decision based on what you are and what you want, um, whether rent or buying is best for you. But, you know, I've had those discussions too with people who were trying to find a rental, you know, opposed to buying. And it's just kind of setting yourself up for what you want, um, depending on something. I mean, there's people that don't want to deal with, you know, home maintenance at all. Like, they don't want to deal with, you know, a water leak or something like that. Right. So those kind of prefer, you know, there's all kinds of different reasons. But, um, you know, the market, so I don't know if there was just a lot of people that decided that rent was getting too high and they decided to stop renting. Um, but you know, mainly the biggest thing is if, if jobs come available in a certain area, right. then the market's going to shift to a seller's market. Yeah. Uh, so, um, did, uh, so in 2020, did, uh, COVID affect the market at all? So it did. Um, it affected the way we did things. Um, it affected, uh, uh correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys had to go virtual, right? For a while. So, yeah, I mean, there was, we kind of didn't stop showing houses. Um, we were made, I mean, I can do it. I was doing it before COVID even happened where you could do, I could do a video walkthrough right. of a home. Um, but, you know, it all, it was person to person, mask, uh, hand sanitizer. I mean, there was some, some things when we showed a house and of course it was up to the sellers, um, and the buyers, you know, it's, we are merely a, a tool, you right. know, just to walk you through the process. So it's on, you know, it's on you guys, um, to tell us what you want to do. And I had buyers that, um, you know, they, they didn't want to, to wear a mask to go look at a house. And I'm like, well, we can't look at it then. You know, it's, it's not your house. It's, it's the seller's house. So, uh, I never even thought of that. But yeah, I bet that would happen. Yeah, I mean that it was 
And then there was, you know, that was probably 1% of the people. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's just navigating that, um, talking to people, talking people through, you know, the situations and stuff like that. But the market did see there. I mean, there wasn't, it was a seller's market. So there wasn't that many houses coming available. Right. And then COVID kind of happened. It was like only the people that had the seller house, whether they were changing jobs or, you know, the unfortunate circumstance of, you know, maybe losing their job. So they couldn't afford the house anymore. Um, I mean, those, situations were inevitable um with something like this happening at playoffs so i mean that that was kind of the only stuff coming on market so we did see a slowdown um and i think we're still sort of in that slowdown um like this past week i finally saw uh an uptick in listings in like a a four county search right um uh, is so, that is that out in rural areas or is that you like bigger? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Rush County, Henry County, um, you know, Decatur and Bartholomew County, you know, that that whole area um, saw an influx. Um, Bartholomew County kind of had a steady um, amount of listing just because Columbus is a bigger area, right? Uh, but you know these these rural counties like Decatur, Rush, um, and Eastern Shelby County, Southern Henry County, um, that kind of area that I'm really familiar with, um, they finally started seeing houses come on the market and right. hadn't been for the last six months to a year. Now I read an article as well. Um, now you might obviously you know inf- more information on this than I did, but uh, I read an article that 2021 is expected to be a really high year as far as people wanting to buy houses because so of, I'm, because yeah, of, the, of the reason of uh, people aren't wanting to live in you know these bigger cities with you know basically all the shit that's going on. Yeah, so we for the last I don't know probably about a year after I became a realtor I mean, it was happening then, but it really started happening. Um, these last two years where we are seeing people move from the big cities, um, into, you know, these rural areas. Um, and some still like that city vibe. So, you know, your downtown Rushville, your downtown Shelbyville, your downtown Knightstown with these big, you know, Victorian homes, um, some of the people still want that city vibe, but... In a smaller in a way. Small, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, so, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> so that's why they... So that's why these big Victorian homes are selling, too, um, for big money. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's... I mean, if you got a... You got a three-bedroom, <clears throat> two-bath, 1,600-square-foot ranch on an acre out in the county um you got a you got a gold mine right now really um especially wow. if it's been ready shit uh, i might be sitting yeah. on a gold mine right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're looking at you're looking at probably i mean i don't know the exact numbers but probably 200 percent higher price damn near 
Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the houses that are selling for 110, 115 are probably selling for, you know, 170, 180. Right. I mean, it's, I've, I've seen prices all the way. If you have any land attached to your house, right. I mean, I mean, there's a house with the here in Shelbyville that is on four acres and the house is, I mean, to be brutally honest, I mean, the house isn't much at all. And the asking price is $189,000. Wow. You think they're going to yeah. get it? You think they'll get it? <laughs> uh, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I mean, it's like every house. It takes the right buyer. Um, every house is unique. Um, and That's very it takes, true. It takes two seconds um, for a house to come on the market. Um, I think that that is something that I'm really not being utilized for just because everything is on the Internet. Um, most people do their housing searches on the internet with having, without having to deal with somebody. But, you know, these, these Zillow's, well, everything's basically Zillow now. That's a whole nother subject, right. but they're buying every realtor.com and all this, right. all, all these syndications of, of our listing. Um, but that like I have, I get, I don't know, probably, on average, thirty emails a day, um, on of houses, um, price adjustments, you know, open houses, what have you, right. all this, anything changing with the market, um, and I think that's what people need to understand too is if you reach out to a realtor, not just me, but any realtor, I mean, we set up searches, so as soon as something hits the market, like you would be the first to know. Now in this time, you. You almost got to know about a house before it even hits the market for the most part. Um, so that, and I mean, that's the thing, like me having, knowing what I have in my pipeline as far as listings go and letting my buyers know, Hey, this house is coming available. Um, blah, blah, blah. But that, that's some of the added benefits of having a realtor. Um, and knowing the market and just because, that's what I do every day. I 100% yeah. agree that you should get a realtor if you're buying a yeah, house. Yeah, definitely. You're going to have to, really. Well, I mean, buying, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that either. Buying a home, you can use whatever realtor you want. And it, and in most cases, it doesn't really cost you anything. I know that it costs, I charge a buyer nothing. Right. If they want to get a realtor. Yeah, let me, yeah, that's why. Um, so, anyway, so okay, so my wife didn't use a buyer right when she bought her first home before we before we met or anything, right? Right. And you know, she talked about how it's so smooth and all this shit, you know. And I was like, well, I just don't think you remember it, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, anyway, so when we bought this house together, um, you know, I was like, you know, I'm getting a realtor. She didn't want to, and then you know when you have to, uh, you know, produce your produce your down payment, and then produce your uh, your fucking uh, bank account. You know what I mean? Records, and then you have to, 
uh, get an appraiser, and then you have to deal with this, and then you have to. I mean, you guys go. You guys are the ones that take the whole headache out of the equation. Right. Yeah. You know? So I respect you guys for sure. Because right. there's no way yeah, I'd well, fucking yeah. lose my shit. <laughs> it's well, and it's just the fact that we've done it so many times, so we know, and we know what to expect. And like me, you know, even like lenders. So you can use whatever lender you want. If you have, if your personal bank has a great program, perfect. You know, I don't, I don't care as long as you have it set up. And I've had people that we've had this discussion, you know, with lenders and I'm like, do you know this lender? Do you know how they do business? Because you don't want to get sideswiped um, right. by something. So, you know, and I've dealt with new lenders that really don't know the process that well. Um, still trying to get a bearing on, you know, what their underwriters are, are wanting from them. Um, so, you know, it's us that kind of know the process and kind of know the items that they're going to need to just get that in motion so that you as the buyer don't get sideswiped. And they're like, Hey, we need this yesterday. Why didn't you send it to them? And that's the first time you're hearing about it. Right. So that, I think that's where the smoothing comes out with having a realtor and having somebody that you're closer to, um, you know, have, I don't know, you, you know, personally or whatever, so that you're okay with them. And then because you're going to be dealing with maybe possibly a lender that you don't know anything about, never met before, because everything can be electronic now. So, you know, you get, you get this lender sending you an email. You don't even know them from Bob across the street or whatever. And you're like, Hey, what is this? And that's why, that's why it's nice to have a realtor that, you know, because then you can just ask the, the questions to us and we can smooth it out. But, you know, knowing, knowing all your bank account information and all that, like, I don't want to know any of it. Like that is between you and the lender. Right. I am just going to up and say, hey, they're going to want these things, so just be prepared and have them ready. But I don't want to know your credit score. I don't want to know anything. Um, you know, and, and that's what the lender's job is. So, um, I mean, if, if you want to tell me that information, I might be able to, to lead you in a better direction or help you out. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I think there's a lot of people saying, like, if you live in the neighborhood and the neighbors not want to use you because they know you and they don't want you in their business. Right. Well, I don't, I don't want to be in your business. I want to help you complete your goal of, you know, selling your house or buying this house in your neighborhood, in this neighborhood. Like, I don't, I don't want to know how much money you make. That's, that's the lender's decision. You tell me that you want a $900 mortgage payment. I'm going to go find a house that, that matches that. And that's, that's as far as it needs to go. Really. Right. I don't, you know, I don't need to know that you have, that you make six grand a month and pay four grand in bills a month. I don't need to know any of that information. So that is the only information that you would volunteer to me. All right. Hey, so, can, can I ask a question you may or may not know the answer to? Go ahead. Um, I have a unique situation where my property goes along the other side of the road And uh, there's a piece of land 
on the other side of the road where uh, it's landlocked because of my property. Okay. As far as a road frontage, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, I'm, I, I wouldn't be required to give them a right-of-way to that or sell them any part of that, would I? Or would so, I? Well, I don't have – I can't give legal advice right. on anything. Um, so just man-to-man, um, if they're grandfathered in um, – you know, to the, there's, there's county regulations, you know, for road frontage in order to build something. Um, mm-hmm. if there's our house back there, then there's some sort of, they have a driveway. No, no, there's not. It's just, it's just raw land. Right. So yeah, in order for the county to approve a build, there would need to be road frontage. And then, you know, that, Oh, I never thought of that. So even a right-of-way wouldn't work, would it? There's certain – each county has different um, standards of road frontage for a property. Yeah. Um, what, 200 feet or, or whatever. So – but it all depends on zoning. It all depends on – you know, you can get an exception, too. Um, oh, yeah. If, there, if there's some way that they can get a driveway back there and not have the road frontage – um, you know, it's all, it's all on the county planner, um, for the most part, probably, um, to go through the process and all that. But right. I don't think I, you know, I, didn't, I never even thought of the road fringe thing, but yeah, I, uh, I seem to remember that now after you yeah, said it, but would have to, they would have to talk like, I don't think eminent domain would apply. Um, but <laughs> that's possible if, if the government bought that, that's, if we're talking candidly here. Yeah, right. If they purchased that land and wanted to do something with it, then they could they could potentially, you know, eminent domain. Right. Your, um, well, well the reason why I asked is because uh, that property was just sold to a younger kid, and he actually got in touch with me wanting to know if I would give him a right-of-way or maybe just sell off that little piece that's across the road. That mm-hmm. that would give him some road frontage, and I was like, "Well, I, I really don't really want to because it, there's it's funny because a creek comes right in that little bitty section. There's a creek that comes through there, and I like to go down there, sit by the creek a lot of times. Right. And uh, anyway, so I was like, nah, "I don't really want to," but then I got to thinking, wonder if they could make me do anything. But uh, as far as I mean, the real estate side of things, that would just have to be. I don't think. Well, I think he's only using it right now for hunting, but he did say he wouldn't mind to build back there one of these days. But after you said that about the road frontage, I don't think there's any way possible. Right. Because even have- even if the neighbor gave him a, a, a right away, he probably still couldn't. Well, unless he got a variance or something, right? Right. Yeah, there would have to be variances and exceptions and all that. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the other thing. When you buy a property, you got to look at you got to look at all those things. Um, especially just land, you know, you definitely have to, have to look at, you know, road frontage and all that. And most listings, um, you know, with, with just land, they will have, you know, kind of the road frontage. Right. I think, see, I think he just bought it off of a friend of his family's and he got it really cheap is the only reason why he bought it. And it's like five acres, but it's, 
you know, really skinny, long piece of a five-acre track. But uh, anyway, that's no big deal. We don't have to talk about that anymore. But let me let me just say for uh, just um, um, just saying, if a person had a ten-acre piece of land with a manufactured home on it and a pole barn that's about thirty-two by forty. What would that bring around this that area there? Oh, which area? <laughs> well, we Randall rather not say. Okay. In your in your area, in just your saying. area though. All right, so I mean, probably. What was the square footage? Uh, square footage of the house eighteen hundred square feet, but it's a manufactured home. But it's a right. nice one. It's a nice one. And it's on ten acres. Yeah. And the pole barn is how big? Uh, well, it's uh, the main part of the barn is 32 by 40, uh, but it has some lean-tos on the side that were added later. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, I mean, sight unseen. Um, I mean, you could go anywhere from, and depending on location, I mean, you could go, I've seen some manufactured homes sell for, for big money. Um, so, I mean, you could go anywhere from, one it could range anywhere from one fifty all the way up to two ten. Okay. Depending on quality and on the acreage and location. Right. Well and there's all right. Thanks. I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it just it it all depends. I mean most of it is, is sight and then looking at the other houses that have that have been sold. And the good thing about when you list a house and it's kind of a unicorn in an area, um, you know, something like a manufactured house with ten acres. Um, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a manufactured home with with one acre that's sold, and so you kind of have that basis. But the market will always correct you. Right. Um, so, and a lot of people don't understand that is kind of pick out a number, and then the buyers will tell you if that price is good or not okay. based on, based on offers. Right. And you know, if your price low, the market will correct you. Exactly. And, then it's hey, too late. <laughs> hey, hey, Brandon, let me ask you a hypothetical question. Okay, <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. What would a house go for? Right. The main part of the house, 5,224 square feet. Plus it has a full basement brick front house two story um one four bath five sorry uh three shit two full baths a master bath and two half one in the basement okay and the basement's finished and it sits on an acre of land with um attached garage I mean, in in my fifteen mile radius, I mean that's a five hundred thousand dollar house, easy. Um, just looking at, you know, based on the square footage and um, restrooms and garage, right. but it all, you know, it all depends on location. You know, you don't want to when choosing a price for a home, the like kind of the rule of thumb is you don't want to be the nicest home on the block 
because the block dictates the price. Right. So if you have, you have seven. I mean, okay. Uh, I know, I think I know what you're going to say. So I'm going to probably try to just break it down into uh, what I think it is. Okay. Break it down to kindergarten level. You could <laughs> you could build a ten million dollar house in a shit neighborhood, and it's not going to be worth ten million dollars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know. Yeah, you definitely have to pick your area. So that I mean, that chooses that dictates the price more than everything. I mean, they that cliche location, location, location. I mean that that is true right. um, for the most part. So I mean, everything depends on and, and upkeep and you know move in ready um, situations. You know, if people if people can buy your house and move in and not have to do anything other than kind of preference things. Right. That's where you get your, that's where that dollar comes out and is more. And you will get more people viewing your home. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah. Just basing it off of, you know, square footage, um, size of house and, and all that. I mean, that can give you a pretty good number. Right. Um, but you really want to dive into, you know, does it have 1980 hollow doors in it? You know, does it have wood? Shag carpet. Does it have shag carpet? You know, is the, the skeleton good? But does it, it smell like a, cat piss? Yeah. <laughs> There's all yeah. kinds of things I ran into when I was looking for houses. Jesus. I mean, all those things play into it. So, and that's where you, you start climbing. If all those, you start checking all these boxes. You know, then the price starts going up. So, um, but yeah, I mean, right. The mar- the market is like a hundred. People haven't seen a hundred dollars square foot in a long, long time, and that's kind of the uh, that's kind of where it stands right now right. with most of the markets that I've been dealing with. Um, you know, rural county houses. Um, you start getting, you can get up to one hundred and fifty. Hundred and eighty dollars a square foot, right. you know. So that's that's kind of where it stands. Move-in ready houses, you know, where you're at is hundred dollars a square foot. If somebody can move into it and not have to do anything, right? Um, so that's yeah, that's that's the market right now, um, for the most part. So it's. Like a lot of people think that it's awesome for realtors. Well, it is and it isn't right now because, you know, I have buyers right now that have been looking for houses for a long time. And then I may get a buyer and the next day their ideal house comes on the market and then they go buy it. But yet I still have this buyer that's been looking for six months. So, you know, it's, like I said, everything can change in a second. Right. Um, now, do you have a lot of people looking for them cookie-cutter homes? I mean, that's just what I call them. Right. So, I mean, I work in I – mean, I mean, I built those homes for a long time, so they yeah. were just all, they're just they all the same. They're in a neighborhood, you know what I mean, a little residential area. Well, Shelbyville has – I've seen several go up in the past two years, like unbelievable amount. Oh, yeah. There's, there's 
people that have that have cashed out um and we we realtors have had discussions about it of like how do these houses get up to this this dollar amount and you know that and that's one thing too like me telling you hard truths like hey i don't my opinion is this house isn't worth as much but the market that, that it is right now right if Basically. you want to pay like you you gotta want you gotta really want this house and know everything that goes into it because it's you know these houses were built brand new for 160 grand right now right. they're 10 years old and they're selling for 20 grand more than that right but so, uh, supply and demand yeah so i mean it is it's basic economics um but then again you know you're you're buying a house sure the the principal is $20,000 more but your interest rate is four points less than four percent less than what it would be right right so you take one and give to the other so it's all all about your scenario and how you know if you're if you can afford a $1200 mortgage payment and the house that you want is only 900 then you're kind of setting pretty but right. if you're your max budget is a grand and the house that you want to buy is overpriced and you're going to buy it for your mortgage payment. It's going to be 1100. Then you're going to have to be in that house for a little bit. Oh yeah. In order to not be upside down in it. Right. Uh, now, as far as big so, cities, right? I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, um, so as far as big cities now, are, are, are we going to see maybe a, uh, the market go down as far as pricing since people are trying to, you know, get out of there. So there is, there's a lot of investing going on that I've seen. Um, Johnson County, um, the prices are still going up um, just because Greenwood is expanding out. I don't. Yeah. That place is getting huge, (laughs) huge for too long. um, Greenwood and, I mean, Whiteland's going to be just New Whiteland, Whiteland, Franklin, and Greenwood are all going to be like the same area. Right. Uh, I believe at some point. Um, so, you know, those, those areas, there's a lot of investment going on, right. um, in, in Marion County. Um, I'm part of groups seeing houses, um, move, um, Fountain Square, um, for instance, is, big money um as far i mean there's they're flipping now they're making them nice and very uh uh i don't know contemporary um slash postmodern um type houses that that they were these old rundown duplexes and turn them into 2500 square foot houses on you know not even you know, a a 20th of an acre. Right. So, and they're selling for, you know, half a million dollars. So we're seeing that, um, in the bigger city because people are moving out of there. So it's kind of, the market's kind of even, um, up there as far as because of the investment that's going into it. Right. Well, uh, 
Um, it just that just reminded me. Um, before COVID, it seemed like the the thing to do for younger people anyway was to move back to this or to move to the city because they wanted to have that uh, feeling of you know uh, being you know right down you know just walk to the store or you know you know what I'm saying. So right. uh, then, then COVID happened. So then you have all these people moving back out again. So, uh, so how? So I guess I don't know. I guess my question would be uh, probably here where we live. It's probably not much different as far as you know the city, uh, the big cities and stuff. But I'm guessing in like say in like New York and in those cities they're they're having a, a people just flee there right so uh, I don't know but I I don't know you can't really talk about that but I just wondered if it was the same in where we live I mean that's that's some of it I mean it's all on how people take it um as far as covid but um it's really a generational thing um for the most part uh there's I mean, I don't really know the generations. Um, me being born in '85, a mix of like three generations. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, I have the same problem, man. Yeah. So we're still out here. We're we're milking the chickens, though. So <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> the the newer generations, um, you know, the the twenty somethings that are getting their first job and buying their first house. Um, yeah, most of them, they want to live, you know, within walking distance of certain places, you know, all the, all the hip things that are going on, all the, all the stuff. I think that's why Fountain Square is blowing up. Um, people like that, you know, that, that generation is, is wanting to buy houses where they don't have a lot of yard to take care of. And, you know, they're, they're able to walk everywhere kind of a green attitude right. more green attitude. so you're um, saying that i'm not hip enough to live in fountain square <laughs> <laughs> anywhere because i like having grass and shit yes yes you you like mowing your yard i do um, i actually enjoy it i do too yeah. actually <laughs> yeah I'll get you out of the house for a little bit right but, uh, ice cold beer <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's it's just, it really is just kind of, like, you remember the fads in high school? Oh, me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like all the Jinko jeans and shit. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm glad so I never wore the, those. That is the housing market. So, I mean, at for six months, it's this type of house is hot, hot, hot. And then maybe, you know, that house is still... Like I like I said at the beginning, those three bedroom, two bath ranches, sixteen hundred right. square acres. Those are kind of always going to be wanted, um, but like Fountain Square. So, you know, for six months, that Fountain Square is going to be hot, and then people aren't really going to want that, and then they're going to move into you know they want these Victorian homes, the, you know these six thousand square foot Victoria homes on the main drag, um, right. or then they. Then they want, oh, well, we kind of want the out. I mean, it just, it's just a fad, just what people, you know. So it's kind of like clothes. Exactly. Got you. Now, 
the way the market is right now with no houses coming on the market, um, in my opinion, that can kind of force some fads here later on down the road when the market kind of evens itself out. Then right. those people bought a house you know, two years ago that maybe that wasn't their ideal house, but they needed something. So then that house is going to come available and then they're going to get into, you know, say they bought a house in Fountain Square, but really they wanted to live in Fishers or whatever. Right. Like that's something that could possibly happen. But it's, I mean, buyers are just crazy. I've seen buyers that are all over the place, right. you know, looking at a hundred thousand, you know, pre-approved for $300,000, you know, well, we might buy a hundred thousand dollar house and, and make it better you know, kind of flip it, but live in it. Or we just might buy, you know, a $290,000 house to be done with it. So, right. um, you know, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, it all kind of depends. Um, being flexible is kind of, as a realtor, it's kind of hard to deal with. Right. Because then you're sending them in-house and you're really not getting feedback on what they're, looking for because they're they got this broad range right of what so it's uh you know but then again if somebody wants an exact house then it's like hey this house hasn't come on the market in a week and then you gotta follow up again and you know then that's when dealing with the public might get frustrated and i can't i can't help it that nothing's coming on the market for this exact type of house that you're looking for Right. I mean, that's, it's not as easy as people think. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> right. I wouldn't want to fucking deal with the headache you deal with. That's for sure. I'd uh, probably be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the frustration's good. Yeah, good I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys' blood pressure's really high at some points. Oh, it can be. Yeah, yep. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a quick question for you. All right. Um, are you going to be able to stay around for the second half? Uh, if not, um, it's it's not a big deal if you can't. I might be able to. We don't do don't. we don't do peer pressure around here. <laughs> I, I nah. thought I thought maybe we could get into maybe just you personally and not so much the realtor stuff. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's up to you. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's. I mean, when you first asked me to come on, it was kind of like kind of viewed this as just kind of giving some people some insight into just the real estate world um, just because there's a lot of hearsay going on and all that but a lot of people don't understand you know that that little segment that we talked about with a buyer being able to choose their realtor a lot of people don't understand that right you know so uh yeah like um when you're on zillow you don't have to click on that person below Right. To deal exactly. with. You can you can get your own realtor and be like, Hey, I found a house on Zillow. I wanna right. check it I wanna check that shit out. Right. And then you have somebody in your corner, um, just straight negotiating on your behalf. Right. Um, but and then you have the other <laughs> too, if you do use the listing agent. I mean there's there's benefits to both. Um as far as that. So it really comes down to just really liking who you want your realtor to be? Can can okay. I can I confess something here? Whenever I was younger, and we we were, uh, 
I was about to get married and we were looking for a house, I would look look at how, of course, back then the internet wasn't a thing, so I would look at, uh, you know, the books they had at the, uh, you know, gas station or whatever, and then the newspaper and all that. But uh, anyway, so I would just call the realtor, whoever had it listed, uh, it, right. if I wanted, if I saw one I wanted to see. So I might call this realtor this day, and a week later I'd call another one. So anyway, right. I ended up buying a house, and then um, one of the realtors I talked to called me and uh, said she, she wanted to show us a house, and I said, well, we just bought one, and she, <laughs> she got all mad at me. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is uh, I guess I I messed up. I didn't know. I was just young. I didn't know. You know what I mean? I, didn't I mean, we, we we deal with that all the time. Right. I mean, when you list a house, I mean, you're going to get people that that call your sign, and um, you know, some of them don't know how it works. They think that they can only call. You well, know. Okay. Call. I was I was at 20 years old at this time, so I had no idea how any of this worked. So. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, she got really mad, and uh, I don't know, <laughs> because we had bought a house from another realtor. <laughs> well, I mean, my my history of, uh, you know, I sold cars out of college, um, so I kind of get the, you know, there's there's talk of, it's kind of loyalty, but in a sense, when you're in sales, it's earned loyalty. You have to earn that loyalty. Right. So. Well, yeah, because you, you don't make any money. Right. And a lot of people, like, somebody said something, or, uh, like, asking about, like, us getting paid. And I'm like, I mean, I can go show, I can show a couple 50 houses, 50 houses and not make a dime. Right. So, and, you know, that, that's something where it's, it's a testament to the type of person that you are and, making sure that you have the client's best interest because that's how you're going to keep them. And that's how, um, you're going to do that. But people, people do, I mean, the hard truth, people, people do need to kind of stay loyal, um, to whomever they're right. dealing with. Well, you know, I, somebody, somebody spent 10 hours with you, you know, and, and walked you through the whole process of everything. I mean, they've invested in you. And, you know, for you to just go, oh, this house came on the market, I'm going to call this listing agent and go buy this house. Like that, that that's a little different. That's kind of, that's where I could see where somebody could get upset. But if I list a house and somebody calls me that I've never talked to before, that I don't know, and, you know, they're asking me questions, you know, there's there, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways that, you know, these realtors that have been doing it for 30 years say, Hey, this is how you get this client. And me personally, I'm just going to be real and, and answer your questions. And if you like me, you like me. And if you want to use me going forward, even if my listing isn't the one that you want, then great. If not, then continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. You can go with the VHS tapes and fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You were talking about no peer pressure. There's, I mean, I, there's no pressure on, um, so that's, but yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know any better. So getting, getting that kind of out there, I don't know why it hasn't been put out there before because I think a lot of realtors 
Yeah, like I said, I had no idea, and then I, I, I didn't know why she got so mad at me. And then, then uh, I was talking to uh, my uncle, and his uh, his uh, wife had a she had a realtor's license or something, and yeah. uh, she was telling me, "Yeah, you should have just stuck with one realtor." And I was like, "Oh, I had no idea." <laughs> well, there the big city. There's entities that just concentrate on different types. So there could be an agency, you know, like talking about a Remax or Carpenter or whatever, these big companies, they're, they could just be a buyer's agency. So where they don't deal with listings, they just deal with buyers. Right. You know, as us here in, in rural central Indiana, um, they, uh, you know, we kind of, we dabble in all of it. Um, do the listings, do the buyers and all that. But yeah, those big cities, I mean, there's the, some of the listing agents don't deal with buyers at all. Right. Uh, so that, that's something that location and, you know, kind of the demographic and all the population and all that kind of dictate. Right. Um, in real estate, but yeah. yeah, I can. So you say you'd be able to stay on for the second half? That'll work. I can do it. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you promising our listeners? Don't be a liar, Brandon. <laughs> no, I'm just no. fucking with you. I am not. <laughs> I can definitely stick around. All um, right, man. Well, uh, stay on the line, okay? And then uh, I'll be with you in like two seconds. All right, that'll that work. Cool? Okay, thank yep. you. Yep. So everybody that's listening, stick around. We'll have the second half with Brandon. What do you think about that, Randy? He's staying for the second half. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely appreciate it. All, All right. right, so we'll be right back. Randall, we're back. We are back. <clears throat> Brandon's still with us. I am. You are. Man, you're hanging in tough. We appreciate that. No problem. Hey, man, maybe you need to speak out a little bit, okay? All right. Some rural Americans need to come on here. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I think that's a... Were, that's you, a li- were you a little hesitant when I contacted you? I don't know if hesitant was the word. Um, just kind of trying to figure out, you know, what kind of approach i wanted to take on certain questions that may be asked right. i mean it, it that was that was kind of my only thing is kind of how do i want to be seen by you know people that are heard by people that i don't that don't know me from from adam right um, so i mean that that was kind of the the only thing i mean i was i was down for it as soon as you sent me that message so, I think it's a good thing to just to get other people's perspective. Would you stuff. Would you encourage some rural Americans to come on here? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> there we go. Well, we had <laughs> I've, I've asked several people that I know, and they're like, eh, "I'll think about it." You know, they, I'm guessing they just don't want they'll they'll speak out they'll speak their mind well, I every think, day to you, but but I don't think they want to put out uh, worldwide or whatever. You know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. To each their own. It just 
I think it's uh, I think I think maybe some people too also think we have some kind of agenda. Yeah, which we don't really. <laughs> Just rule America. I, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our agenda, our agenda basically would be uh, we want rural Americans from, you know, we've had Jeff the lawyer on. We had you know James L on, who's a you know college student, basically uh, gay man Christian. You know what I mean? Right. And now we have you on realtor. You know, wow. ex factory worker. Um, right, and it's like it's 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 like um, just giving the regular like um, back in the day on. Um, CBS Sunday morning, they had uh, the guy would travel around the country and just randomly stop and ask people questions. And and his point was everybody has a story, and that's kind of what we're getting at here. You know, it's what we're trying to do. Well, yeah, I mean, rural America, I mean, the demographic that we have, um, you know, Sean and I knowing each other for ages, um, it's, you know, we've seen all different walks of life, even though we, you know, grew up in a, in a small town. Um, so I think, I think that voice needs to be heard. So I'm, I'm down because there's definitely all different types of people and trying to get their perspective on anything I think is much needed. Um, anytime but yeah. Well, uh, I was just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, uh, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't think, like the people that live in um, in the coastal states uh, necessarily realize that, yeah, there is in rural America, there's definitely um, all different types of walks of life. And, you know, they don't they don't get it. They think we're all just, uh, you know, country bumpkins or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, uh, anyway, and that's kind of our point, really, you know, it's just to show that we're not so much different than everybody else yep that's exactly right so what do you think's going on in the world today brandon uh, uh my honest opinion is yeah kind of crap. i mean you can <laughs> yeah. yeah you can yeah. say whatever you want dude you know what i mean yeah i mean it, you know the there's still you know a bunch of of good people out there and 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 doing good things and it's just Right now, we are, I think, as a general population, we are just being completely coerced into a certain belief into some things. And I agree you know, with you. And <laughs> this is something else that, you know, I've talked to uh, Randall about, you know. Um, you think the, I mean, it doesn't matter what news you're watching. I mean, the media is pumping out whatever they want. Right. Um, it doesn't matter which channel you're watching. Right. They're pumping out something out there. If you didn't watch the news and you lived on a log cabin near a stream, you'd be having the best time of your life right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't know yeah. what's what the fuck's going on or anything, but uh, I think a lot of people are parked in front of the television, um, hyped up on a lot of media, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I was telling Sean earlier. I think the media is really to blame for the division that we have because, you know, I don't know. That's my own opinion, but 
I think it's, I think the media is, um, preying on the aspect of just people just generalizing and just taking information and running with it. Um, yeah, and they and they they usually only they 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 show you the most sensationalized things just so that that's what gets attention, right? And, it's all, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, there's conspiracy theory. You know, when I was in when I was in college, I studied history um, at Wabash. So, I mean, just seeing all the different aspects. And reading literature on, you know, the world wars from other countries, you know, not seeing the, just the information that was pumped down our throats in, in school, uh, but seeing how other people viewed, um, you know, certain wars, I mean, really puts things in perspective um, for me. And it's just, I don't know, it's, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But then again, you know, you you owe it to yourself to question certain things. And when stuff is happening, like with the way that the media works, and, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's movies that come out that are fictional. But some of these movies, I mean, the imagination, sure, is there, but there's got to be some backing of something that happened um, that kind of put that creative idea in somebody's head. So, you know, some of the stuff that occurs in movies, I mean, I think there's, there's some truth to it that it, it does happen, especially when it comes to political garbage that's going on right now. Right. Worse. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, just being, versatile and and versed in a bunch of aspects of what's going on in our world i think i think that gives gives us a fighting chance as the general population to kind of pick through stuff that's really going what's really going on and what how it's affecting us right well i've always i always tell people or especially here lately because that's one of the things that aggravates me is how divided people are and like uh you know like um um you know your neighbor puts out a sign for so and so and then you put out a sign for the other person and then you guys don't even talk to each other anymore that's not the way it used to be and that's what aggravates me more than anything um uh you know i think uh, i don't know i and i think the media's mainly to blame for that, really. Well, I mean, it's... What's they that? Really, they really tug on, you know, what pump their rating. Yeah. And, and all that. See, and, I, and uh, like, yeah, I, I always say, like, um, you know, listen to... Listen, okay, watch, okay, watch NBC, watch CNN, and then watch Fox, and then make up your own mind. You know, I, I'm not... Uh, I don't... I don't, I think that's the, um, that's what's wrong with the, you know, with the problem we have now is that everybody's only getting like, uh, you know, one side all the time, one side all the time, all the time. And then they just, 
believe it. And then, so I don't know what you think about that. Well, I mean, it, it, it's crazy that like there is a chart of all the media, you know, stations that, and how, which political side they're on and how, how far right or left they are. I mean, that, in my opinion, that's absurd. The media should be completely objective. I agree with and, you. I mean, any, any media outlet should be completely objective. They should state the news, so state what's going on, and not have an opinion on it. Exactly. That, that in my in my eyes, that's not their job. The, right. Their job is not to give me their opinion on what's happening. It is to tell me what's happening, so that I can make I can base my decision and my opinion. On right. what's occurring. So, you know, and well, I think, out- oh, I'm sorry right. to interrupt you again, but I think what happened was uh, like uh, back in the, you know, 60s, uh, you know, uh, there was only a few outlets for media, right? So, so they had to be more neutral, right? Because you got, you're, if you're going to get ratings or whatever, it's, you're going to have to get them from from uh, both sides or whatever. But now there um, there's so many different outlets for it, and so many um, it's just like instant. You know, you can instantly get information now. So now they're picking sides, and I, I don't like that either. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time that I watched the news. Uh, the news channel. I mean, it's just not, it's just not something I'm interested in. Like, I'm gonna hear, you know, from my circle, you know, something major happens. Obviously, I mean, I still watch TV, but obviously, you, I watch the news to figure out if something major is happening. You know, I, I kind of want to know what's happening. But as soon as they start shoving their opinion down my throat while watching their program. Then I, I turn it off. I've got I've got all I needed, um, and I'm not going to listen to their opinion on on why it happened or or who's to blame or or all that nonsense. It's just I think it's just garbage, plain and simple. Right. So I mean that, and I've been you know all this political madness, um, and I mean I I've been sharing a meme. You know, Sean and I were talking about Facebook earlier. You know, I, I shared a meme that was like, you know, the left showing a picture of a, a diehard left and then a diehard person on the right and then me sitting in a boat, you know, saying, knowing that the left and right, neither one of them are going to fix it. So, you know, I'm just going to find a fishing spot and let it burn like that. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Like, they are people that are far left. So yeah, that's that's so that's another reason I you know I ended up contacting you. You know, I told you, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's just garbage, in my opinion. We are so divided um, because of political reasons that it is absolutely absurd. Like there is, you know, a thread every day, you know, from somebody from the left posting. Something and I mean, you know, a hundred a hundred comment argument 
you know, just back and <laughs> forth, and people hating each other. Well, I ha- so I actually know, okay, so I actually know a guy, right, um, who this past summer um, invited, you know, um, a relative over. You know, he was having a big cookout, you know, pool party or whatever, right? Right. Invited him over. He came over, and uh, he had a, you know, this sort of I'm not saying anything for Trump. I'm not saying anything for Biden. I'm just saying that this particular guy had a Trump flag just hanging in his little tiki bar on his deck, right? Right. And his relative literally got up and said, if you don't take that down, I'm leaving and I'll never be back. And he <laughs> basically said, I'm, well, I'm not going to take it down. That's ridiculous, you know? Right. And he left. And he has never talked to him since. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think that's crazy. It is. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I mean, you're I, gonna let all this? Uh, it's only this much craziness has literally only been going on for four years. Yeah. You know. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, to this point where your family's not gonna talk to you over, you know, some uh, kind over of you having a flag. Yeah, yeah, over you having a flag, like. I mean, that's what, I mean, that knowing governments and different types of governments and how different countries are, are led, I mean, and you look at people's arguments against one side or the other, like, it is just ridiculous. And I mean, it's just the political madness that is occurring right now. I just, I absolutely, <clears throat> and what I try to do I mean, I, me as a person, I kind of like to play devil's advocate. Like, so when when somebody posts something, and then two days later they post something that is hypocritical, like I call them out on. It. <clears throat> and I mean, I think there's there's a lot of items, political items, that cause hypocrisy, and that stems from the government and the fact that we have a good system in place. It just has to be ran correctly. And that's not solely on the president. So stuff that is going on about the president is just crazy to me because we have a Congress. (laughs) Like, I mean, nothing is. Yeah. I I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, See, we've talked. We, uh, I think we talked about this with James L. on the last podcast, right? A little bit. Yeah. yeah so um, he's a college student, right? And he took political science and all this shit, right? Right. So uh, basically, what I said it boils down to is, I mean, anybody running for president, they can say whatever they want to say during their campaign and their ambitions and all these things they want to do. But when it boils down to it, it still has to go through other shit to get approved. Like, you know, it's like, and that's why I boiled it down to uh, being um, the class president of your high school. You can say you're going to bring vending machines back or whatever you're going to do, but school board's still going to have to approve all that, sir. You know? Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I've called my my way of thinking. I mean, I've called the president a puppet 
And yes, I know the ins and outs of, of most things. And there's some stuff that I'm not educated on. But for the most part, I mean, the president, yeah, he is, he is in the public's eye. He is the commander in chief, so forth, you know, so on and so forth. And yeah, he, he has veto rights and he has things that he can push through and all that. But just the way that we go about it, I've said this for years that we need to change. Like we are getting, we are being force fed candidates from both parties. And, you know, I've had people say that I'm wrong and I'm like, look, I understand that we have primary, but look at the, look at the, uh, democratic party this year, the candidates, what did they all do? They all backed out and then said they were going to back somebody. So they didn't even let us vote for them. So that is, in my opinion, that's being force fed a candidate. We got force fed Biden. And I don't think that's right. And I made the comment, um, somebody was talking about removing the electoral college. Well, you know, rural America is not going to no, right. that one bit. Right. Because um, then we'll just be ruled by California. But the when you look at it, if you want to get rid of the electoral college, then put everybody out of office, take away whether they're Republican or Democrat, and vote on them based on their values and what they say they're going to do. Now, if they're a good liar and say that they're going to do this, 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 and this, like most of them do, and they don't do any of it, then then they need to be able to be voted out. But I think that I think that you have diehards in the Democratic Party and diehards in the Republican Party that are really dividing this country. Yes. There still needs to be, you know, bipartisan. Um, I agree with you totally, 100%. That's my whole philosophy, too. Um, This is how I usually solve this, Randy. Okay. Okay. Just real quick. All right. Brandon, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Well, mine's red. Now we can't be friends ever again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's what it's coming down to. It's right. so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're never invited back to the podcast because <laughs> fuck blue. You know? <laughs> no, uh, uh, I, oh, go, go ahead. Uh, but I was just going to say, I know a guy that I work with. If he gets um, – if he finds out somebody supported – say a um uh you know like some okay like say a movie star right that he likes if he finds out that they supported uh, uh, the side that he doesn't believe in then he won't watch their movies anymore and, and that's kind of ridiculous to me right and so this is this was one of the things that i was thinking about when i was coming on this podcast was you know choosing a side which I don't think that I'm part of the side. Um, Me either. either. <laughs> yeah, that's why we started this podcast. Right. <laughs> right. So we didn't the, start uh, this podcast for sides. We started this podcast to get all sides, right? Left, right, center, um, realtor, lawyer, uh, college student, uh, carpenter. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, that was, you know, some people would say, well, if you – 
if you say that you're a diehard Trump supporter, then you're going to lose. People aren't going to call you for to be their realtor. And I'm like, if politics is diving down that deep, we have bigger issues. Exactly. Like if, yeah. I mean, that, you know, you're talking about family members disowning other family members because of who they support. Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> because, in my opinion, the president is just a puppet. Right. As far as, as things go. So, I mean, it, I don't, it's absolutely absurd what is transpiring. Okay. Well, so, um, another reason that, just to let you know, so, and Randy now, Randy don't even know this. Okay. We're laying it on tonight. Okay. Oh, no. So, this is another reason I wanted to start this podcast, right? Is because I never experienced like any kind of weirdness, you know, as far as like political or anything my whole life growing up. I don't think you have either, Brandon, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, when we grew up, there was you, you weren't getting treated. You didn't go to school when people were like, are you a Democrat or Republican, sir? Right. Right. So, okay. So this is, this is one of my first experiences with that ever. In my entire life, and I honestly had no dealings with politics. I really didn't watch the news then. I mean, I was just like, uh, you know, you're just dealing with somebody for four to eight years, and then you're just going to move on with your life anyway, right? Right. Which I felt like a lot of people did feel in rural America, kind of, until these last four years, because it's been nuts. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So my, yeah, ex- my experience was I was literally standing on a construction site, right, working. And some guy walked over to me and was like, pretty brave wearing that on your hand, aren't you? And I was like, what are you talking about? So I have a tattoo of an American flag on my right hand, right? And right. He, he said... He said you were brave for having that on your hand. Right. So <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you know, that's been deemed a racist flag. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, I mean, we're on a construction site. So, you know, I'm fucking irritated anyway because I work construction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, what the fuck, man, is going on with you? And he's like, well... They deem that racist, and I was just like, "Well, that's." Uh, I mean, they can deem it whatever they want, but I also have on my left hand the tattoo of the Irish flag, right? Yeah. Because my family came over here from Ireland once, once upon a time ago. Right. So I mean, I mean, my whole point was like, uh, uh, you're a fucking racist or something because you have an American flag tattooed on your hand. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't. I don't get it. I mean that. You know, you you grow up like me being involved in sports. You know, it was like I always heard that. You know, and this this goes down as kind of a small town mentality. Is you know, well, hey, this this guy, this kid's gonna play because his mom or dad is so and so. So yeah, that, yeah, we I mean, we we dealt with that here too, right? Yeah, I mean that was 
that was the political stuff. But I can attest to, I mean, I, my parents weren't involved in, in Rush County, you know, weren't involved in Rushville um, as far as politics go or, you know, involved in the school. So it was kind of like, you know, a few people knew who my dad was because he went to high school there. But, you know, as far as sports go, like, I feel that I earned based on my ability and, and how I practice to be on the field. So as far as politics go, like, I still think that that was the only political stuff that we kind of dealt, that I dealt with personally growing up, but I was still able to overcome it. So dealing with people saying, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you because you voted Democrat or Republic like that. It just seems like the easy way out in a sense. And just, I don't fit for something. That's why I always, uh, that's why I always revert it to the colors. Like, you know, what's your favorite color? What's my favorite color? Right. Um, yeah. Hey, um, okay. Say, say you voted. Okay. Let's just say hypothetically say you, you voted for Biden. I voted for Trump or you voted for Trump. I voted for Biden. Right. Right. And you like hunting, right? You're a hunter. I am. Fisherman. I am. Would you like to go fishing? I'm good with it. Right. So we can go fishing, right? Yeah. And we don't have to talk about politics or anything else while we're fishing. We can talk about who's going to catch the biggest fish and who's going to eat ass when I catch the biggest fish. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what that's what you can do. Yeah. I think it that's has. what a lot of people have forgotten is you don't have to agree on what your favorite color is. You can literally just go out and do the things that you do have in common right. with each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what I, I mean, I, some of my, you know, I wouldn't say best friends, but people that I have the best conversations with are the people that we don't agree on things. I, and I mean, I, I, I can, I can. I have a story where some of my favorite people are people that would definitely not agree with me, <laughs> but uh, but I would sit and talk to them all day long. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's civilized conversation mm-hmm. and discussion. Just to you're not, I'm not trying to throw down my mentality, throw throw it down somebody's throat. I'm just saying, hey, this is this is how I feel about it, and somebody tells me how they feel about it, and we we talk about it, and then we go on to the next subject. There's no hatred until somebody causes it. You know, right. somebody gets because well, basically, like uh, we're fishing at the menu, right, Brandon? Yeah, we're fishing at the fishing hole. We're having a good time. We're talking about you know who's going to catch the biggest fish. Uh, you know. Definitely, I would. Just saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, so we're sitting there fishing, and then you know that's what we're talking about, and then uh, nothing else would get brought up. I don't think. No. And, and if it would've... if it did, if it was like, man, hey, uh, 
you know, during all the shit, who who was you rooting for? And then I did say who I was rooting for. Or if I was like, I don't root for anybody, it wouldn't matter. We'd still be having a great time fishing. Yeah, it would be just, yeah. Sometimes you just, uh, I grew up with this my whole entire life. This just isn't the world that I grew up in, right? No. So the world I grew up in is you didn't talk about politics and you didn't talk about religion. That's what I grew up with, right? right? You never you never started discussing that shit with people because it could cause issues, right? So you just basically talked, you know, to whoever. That's how it was. And that's not how it is anymore, right? There's too many outlets now. Yep. I mean, it, but it doesn't other, mean you can't be friends, right? And uh, and another thing, like you know, my way of thinking is it really didn't matter, and I didn't care. You know, if somebody, if I wanted to be friends with somebody, you know, I didn't care what their religion was. I didn't care what political side they were on. I, exactly. I, I like them as a person, right? You know, I want them in the circle. Are you sure? So, I mean, that's what my wife says. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're my best friends. We don't, well, I don't think we've ever asked each other who we voted for or even well, talked about. Well, I think it's because no one cares. Right. You know, because real, realistically, people don't care. Right. I'm just saying. Okay, well, let me just say one You know, thing. I'm not going to fucking disown my family. No, no, I'm never not Never talk to my friends again. I, you know, I don't care. Or never have somebody on this podcast because of their religious or political or anything. Right. Fucking views. No, but you know? let, me, I, I, I let, me, let me give you one example. I, I was uh, watching a football game one day, and this was after the uh, Kaepernick thing, and a family member came in to the to the house and uh he goes i can't believe you're watching that and i'm like why not and he's like oh they're just you know whatever and i was like what's i have to do with the football game (laughs) you know right like i mean that like no one nothing colts better win (laughs) right (laughs) i mean you see like, and that was the other thing that I think the media played into. Exactly. I think you're right, too. Yeah, I mean, that was, they didn't say, they didn't put out there that Kaepernick had, had talked to a veteran. And I know, all this I know. they never did mention that. I know. So, I mean, it's one of those things where now we're in a, <laughs> now we see the worst of it, or maybe not the worst of it, hopefully the worst of it. We, it has already come to pass, and it's like, well, that wasn't so bad, and that's where that hypocrisy that I was talking about comes out of. Like, it's just like we are a free country, and some people don't understand what that means. I don't think like people are allowed to do whatever they want to do, and you don't have to like it. Well, yeah, like, I, I don't. I, I don't understand why. I agree. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's my biggest I mean, biggest thing. I like grape soda. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you okay. don't. That's fine with me. It's more grape soda for me. Fuck you. 
but don't don't sit there and and call somebody names and say you're going to disown them or never talk to them again because they don't agree with your opinion. Like that, it's beyond me of of what we have become. I mean, it's a good thing to know who you are, but you also got to be able to you know when you're wrong. I mean, I think I think our country as a whole has lost humility. 100%. We, people are putting themselves above everybody in every sense of the word instead of just looking out for one another. Yeah, I would agree. There's an, um, I feel the, uh, the hello neighborly, I'm friendly type life is coming to extinction. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, that, so, a personal situation, we had a, when we, we just bought a new house last year, and, uh. Who was your realtor? Was, <laughs> 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 it was a good thing that I knew somebody. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank God. But, yeah. So, it was. I mean, like 1230 at night, and I was still awake watching, I think, the NBA playoffs were going on in the bubble. And uh, my doorbell rang at 1230 at night. And, you know, I go up there, and nobody was there. And, you know, I'm just checking out the situation. You know, I got two kids. You know, obviously, I didn't think anything bad was going to happen with somebody ringing my doorbell. Um, but still, it was in the back of my mind. And, well, and then I saw kids running in the road, uh, you know, probably 10 to 13 years old or what have you. And, you know, my goal was trying to figure out who they were and who their parents were, because if they did that to the wrong door, I mean, their lives could be at stake. You know, people are going to shoot first and ask questions in mm-hmm. that type of situation. And, I mean, out of their safety, I mean, it goes back to the world not being the same that it was. I mean, people, you know, kids were doing that all the time, you know, back in our day and age, going right. and not right. running away. Right. It's oh, just not, yeah. It is, it, Sorry, you know. old people from then. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but it's just not that world anymore just because so well, many people. It's definitely not. So, can I tell a story? Go ahead. This is this is a. Uh, I mean, this it's is your show. Uh, oh, it's me and it's me and Randall's show. <laughs> God, Brandon, <laughs> you racist. I, I I take a I take a back seat to Sean. He's he's definitely more creative than me. That's for sure. But oh well. <laughs> so, when we first moved in here, right into our new house. Mm-hmm. You know, we stayed here for, I don't know, it was probably a month or so, you know, we were trying to figure out how we're going to organize the kitchen and do all these things, right? Are you a gun owner? I am. I know you are. <laughs> I see your hunting posts sometimes. You're right. So, uh, these, okay, so it's thud, 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 right? And that's what we hear. In the right. middle In the middle of the night. 
So I grab my pistol, right? All right. We have four kids, like I said. One's on the way now, but there was only four at the time. So I go through the entire house, finger off the trigger, of course, through my whole house, you know. Because that's what I'm going to do. Right, you're going to protect yours. Then I go out in the garage, you know, just check garage windows, whatever. Thud, 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 thud. In the house, my wife screams, right? Right. I run in the house, run into the kitchen, my wife's standing there, never pointed the gun at her, never put my finger on the trigger. This is all in the dark, right? Right. Lights are out. You know what it ended up being? Oh, varmint. My fucking wife put the cokes on the side, opened up the case, and they slowly... Were falling pushed. out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> so this... Uh, I'm just trying to say, like, this is a perfect example for people who own the weapons and know what the fuck they're doing with their weapons. Right. Because if right. not... That whole house would have been shot up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you take a person that doesn't know what the fuck's happening, and you stick a gun in their hand. They're gonna be, bah, 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 bah. they're gonna be killing that pantry. <laughs> Fuck, they'd shoot that goddamn spaghettios to death. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about gun owning and hunting. Like, there's stories every year, unfortunately, of somebody getting shot by a fellow hunter in the woods, and it's like. How does that happen? And I can tell of, you, I can tell you how this happens. Okay, a lot of these um, hunters shoots another hunter, right? It's on these park hunts, right? Where yeah. you pack all these hundreds of people into these fucking woods because you're. I understand you're trying to like you know get your fucking money or whatever, but. uh Truth is, it's dangerous, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't have hundreds of hunters hunting on just, you know, a thousand acres. You can't have right. hundreds of hunters hunting on a thousand acres. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing where, like, I mean, I I was fortunate enough, you know, where my family, we didn't own land, but we knew people that did. So we were able to get permission to hunt and you know, it was just one of those things where I was brought up that way, but I never wanted to deal, you know, seeing and hearing stories about public land hunts. You know, some people love it and to each their own. If you're hunting and having a good time and doing it right legally, then go for it, man. I'm all about it. And, you know, guy or girl, like if you're out there hunting, like I enjoy hunting. It is one of my favorite things to do in life. And, as long as people are doing it the right way, like I have, I have no problem. And it's the same way. Like we were talking about politics dividing people, hunting divides people too. Oh yeah, and, for sure. And it is ridiculous. And I have been in so many arguments too. Like just you know protecting, protecting somebody, whether I agreed with them or not, as far as what they were saying. But for somebody to attack them because of their opinion, like that's the stuff that wears me out as a person and gets my blood pressure going. 
and that it just you know just to see like see a story where a fellow hunter got shot there was one where a father shot his son <clears throat> i cannot imagine that yeah that would be ever, rough and how they were going through it and just to see people like because it didn't affect them the comments that they would make right. like yeah it it is idiotic that that happened and it should never happen and you know some people need to look in the mirror and figure out why that happened and if they're doing the things that could possibly lead to that happening <laughs> but i think like, the number one rule is uh you never shoot at anything ever unless you know exactly where you're shooting at oh yeah know your target absolutely and yeah, i think that's, that's the biggest thing yeah i think a lot of people especially like new hunters or young young kids uh rustling behind the bush you know and they just shoot you know because they're nervous or they don't want to miss the deer could could be somebody peeing back there yeah (laughs) you know and it could be a person back there you know right and that's why uh uh i think if you're born now uh 1987 i think and above you have to you have to take the hunter education course to be able to get a hunter's license Yep, I think exactly. that's a good thing. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing because I think they finally realized, like, man, this shit ain't getting passed down anymore. Like, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. This shit ain't getting passed down. You got a bunch of wacka fucking loon youngsters out there shooting bushes. Right. We got to get a grip on it. So. And that, you know, and that, and you talk about being opinionated. Like that's why I don't own. A rifle. I don't own a 300 yard gun. Um, because it's not because I don't want to or that I'm scared that I'm going to shoot somebody. It's just not the way that I hunt. And I want to, my, my view of hunting is I want the deer to get as close to me as possible. Yeah. Like I, that's in the hunting. I yeah. think that's, you so wanna, you want to take that thing full fucking, uh, PBR pro bull rodeo. Yeah. Jump on that back, yeah. <laughs> spear it in the neck. Yeah, slice its throat. Yeah, this year, caveman style. style. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean that's just hunting to me. But that also plays into me being able to see my target and know exactly what I'm shooting, and knowing that you know when I pull that trigger, that I'm taking a life, and if I'm if I'm taking that life, I better be damn sure that it's the one that I want to take, you know, in order for, for what I need. So you get super deep into it. Yeah. You're a real deal hunter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not that, you're not that fucking look at this fucking thing. (laughs) I think it's a testament to my, it's a testament really to my dad and how he brought me, brought me up, you know, and as far as hunting goes, but, you know, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of things in life that, as far as my upbringing, that kind of made me the person that I am. And I think sports is is one thing, and I think adversity is something that we're trying, as a country, to get away from. And I think adversity is needed. I do, too. I agree I do with too. you. I mean, I think <clears throat> that... If you, you know, don't you have any it. adversity, you don't have any free thinking. Or 
character, probably. Yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, it, I'm full of character. <laughs> you sure are. I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And I think hunting, hunting is, well, hunting and baseball is just full of adversity. And I think that's I why I You're so I, big on baseball. Sorry, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> ah. I mean, like you can fail, like the Hall of Famer failed seven out of ten times at the plate. Right. You know, the batters. I mean, that's adversity. I'm glad that you, you I'm glad that uh, that still exists, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. I'm glad yeah. that there's still huge baseball fans out there like yourself. I mean, it's... I just didn't grow up that way, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and... And we, I mean, you know, and we all grew up in rural America. And we yep. didn't grow up the same way. What? We're not all KKK milking the chickens? <laughs> yeah. You fucking kidding me, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> It is craziness. I don't, I don't understand. It's just mass craziness right now. That is the only word that I can use to describe it because I don't know how else to. So when you're in freshman year of high school, did you ever think that you would be on a podcast talking about how the world's going to fucking just end one day? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... There was, at that point, it was probably just conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. There was, <laughs> right. I forgot. There was Y2K, remember? Yeah. Right. right. Oh, boy. I mean. Don't let that I, thing creep into your calendar. <laughs> it's going to end everything. I mean, we can bring up. It, it was funny while we were on our little break. Uh, I I let my wife in on the little secret that me and you have, Sean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you fucking kidding me? You went that fucking deep. Wait. Oh, God. This is huge, Randall. No, Are wait. we really going to talk about this? I don't care. Did you guys kiss or what? No. Oh, okay. It's not that fucking deep. It's not that fucking deep. You see where this no, shit gets taken, Brandon? He <laughs> <laughs> uh, gets taken to the kissing phase and shit. So, I mean, we just, you know, we can talk about the only. Jesus the Christ. Only. All right, go ahead. Here we go. We won't tell the whole story. We'll just no, say that. I, I don't care. We can tell the whole story. But but this is, I mean, this is a testament to the type of people that me and you are. And um, who we've become, I think. That's what it is. Because. Where, where we were and now who we've become. Right. That is and a huge testament. I agree with you with that for sure. Randy is sitting here in anticipation. He's yeah, fucking yeah. ants that. Yeah, okay, let's let him talk. It's man. like this is on cocaine. He's Shut so up. excited. <laughs> so, okay, go so ahead. Back, back in high school, with the way high school was, and being dude in high school, but this is how telephone kind of works. Sean was fed some information that was false, but didn't matter. Um, he had already made up my mind or his mind. And I tried to play it off, and it didn't happen. So my only fist fight that I've ever had in my entire life, <laughs> and it wasn't a fight. It was just Sean beating on me <laughs> <laughs> until, until the teacher stepped in. Uh, but, ah, I mean, 
you honestly that's don't know how bad I regret all my decisions from high school. That, you you might have should have shared that with me before you had him on because well I didn't think we'd talk about this but okay. Brandon went there. Right. I would have never mentioned this ever. <laughs> I would have never even talked about this. But yeah, but, that's but what I, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, the conversation went there, and I think that that's kind of what we're talking about in general, and how me and you changed, and where we had a major disagreement, you know, way back when. Right. But now, now here now, you are hosting a podcast. Yeah, and, hosting and, a podcast, and you're on here. So I mean, it is. I mean, I'm. Well, I guess I'm glad you did bring it up. That's and actually, I'll just make a uh, now um, public apology. You know, that was high school. <laughs> Fuck you me, dude. You don't know you how are. bad. You don't know how many times I've thought about this situation. And then, like, I was never going to bring this up, and then you brought it up. So we don't cut anything from the show either. Like, literally. So this will definitely air. Like, yeah, I, that was so bad. <laughs> I'm such a dick, dude. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm such a fucking cocksucker, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you brought it up, Brandon? <laughs> but it's not. But the biggest thing that I I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at everybody else feeding you the false information. Well, I and mean, because they wanted, they wanted. That. Oh, they, they definitely wanted, wanted it. So I mean, that's <laughs> they didn't that's want. They definitely wanted the old Sean show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, in in hindsight, is fucking stupid. Well, I'm glad you came on here. I hope my wife listened to this. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's here, cool, can you attest to this? Okay, since you brought this up, me and you got into it. Shit happened. I'm not the same person I was in high school. Oh, absolutely not. Definitely not this wackadoo, you know. You were you were adamant about a few things. <laughs> Some open mind. <laughs> we would go that way, but I think I think everybody goes through that phase. Ah, fuck, man. You know. You just you chose to act on it. I chose the. The fucking wackadoo road, you know. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad the I'm glad you guys are still friends. Uh, you know that does really say a lot. So, well, <clears throat> one of those things where we never should have. There was never a reason for us not to be friends because the reason why it happened, that reason wasn't false information. Yeah, it was all false. Yeah. So, you know, so that goes, can relay also into. Nowadays, life as an adult, yeah. I mean, you can still be fed false information, right? That's that's exactly why I was bringing it up because the conversation went there, and that that is the epitome of my personal experience of false information and what it can do to somebody. I so, can't believe I was your epitome wow. of false well, information. That's terrible. What, what I was, what I was think, what I was thinking was, uh, Fuck wow, me. all I these feel pe- terrible now. Well, anyway, what I was thinking is, wow, all these people on uh, social media, which I'm not on, uh, maybe they might want to think about that. Well, right. I mean that's that's something that I feel happens a lot. A lot of 
jumping to conclusions <clears throat> in certain situations and just automatically go into said social media and without even thinking about the other side, thinking about all the facts and all that, and just automatically... Automatically going to war, right? Exactly. And, I mean, I think that that needs to stop. Yeah. In general. Like, you can have an opinion, but don't start a war. Right. Like, so... But that's the type of person that I am. I mean, I hate confrontation. So, if I can talk my way out of the situation, I'm going to do that 100% of the time. Right. So, you know, it's it's how people are raised, I guess. You know, and and what they what they encounter, what they feel deeply about, and what sets them off, and all that. So it's just to let to get back on the politics thing. So in this day and age, to let politics that's so corrupt divide us is just it just completely flabbergasts me. I I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just it's just crazy. But I think I think making it personable and like me saying, you know, that's kind of where I don't think about that all the time, Sean. Like, I didn't bring it up for you to apologize because you already did. Hell, we, I think we went to the football game together like a week after that. Yeah, I think so. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible, embarrassing time in my life. That's what, that's what I mean. But, like, now it's an embarrassing time in my life, you know what I mean? So for young people, young people out there listening, like, you do stupid shit, like, you might feel different later. Right. You know, you know and that... Don't fuck your life up by being cool, okay? Right. <laughs> you know, just just be yourself and, and no, look at I, Okay, so I think that is true right there, what you said. Be your fucking self. Don't be embarrassed to be yourself. Because I think, like, realistically, I was never that person, you know what I mean? I think I was made out to be that guy. And uh, it didn't work out too well. You know what I mean? Mm. But it made you into the person you are now. I mean... I mean, that's true. Here we are talking on a podcast. I would have never dreamed of this happening. You know what I mean? So... And you're sitting there, you're taking care of your kids, raising your family, taking care of your family. You know, I'm pretty sure you got a, you know, a nice house and and all that. Like, (sighs) it's... It's one of those things where every everything that's happened in your past is a stepping stone, but you have to utilize your past in the right way in order for it to be a stepping stone. Yeah, it's probably right. the uh, wisest, probably the some of the wisest shit we've heard on this podcast. So exactly, far. <laughs> I know, it, it, and I totally agree with you one hundred percent. The same way I feel, so I'm just saying. Just yeah, throw that out there. It's exactly how I feel. How how you're talking right now is exactly how I feel. So, well, yeah. I mean, people are, if you're you in know, high school right now and you're feeling like you need to be a piece of shit to feel better, don't be. Right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just let life take you where it's going to take you. Yeah. I mean, there's there's more to life than than girls when you're a freshman in high school. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I mean, and, but it's going on now. You know, another reason why I brought it up is kind of because my daughter's kind of going through, you know, situations at her school. Right. Well, my son's going through the same thing. You know, first loves and all that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's so it's bad being of, a parent. You know. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's just one of those things where, like, me and you have that history. We do. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. uh, And see, I don't see it as an unfortunate thing, and I'm the one that got my ass beat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my unfortunate thing is, um, I think it's because, um, I think it's because, like, I was a... um, really angry angry individual like um my parents weren't around my parents didn't raise me my aunt raised me never knew why my aunt raised me the fuck's going on why the fuck do all these people have parents at this fucking game i have nobody my aunt's working my parents are gone you know it was all those things in my life and that's which is terrible that it resulted to, you know, what happened. But you don't, and that's what, that's the other thing. Like, people don't know what other people are going through. That is you a know? true thing, and that took me a long time to learn myself is if somebody's I'm, in a shitty mood, depressed mood, whatever, maybe you should just act in like, hey, you okay or whatever, versus right. like you know being a dick and being like, which fuck's your problem? Right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> that, that takes sports. That takes me back to sports. I mean, you're playing on a team. You know, if you play team sports, playing on a team, and it's all about picking your teammates up. Right. You know, and that you know I'm a firm believer in that and. You know, just seeing something else where, you know, these players are trans, you know, they get in college right. and they're training because they're setting the bench and there's no, they, they don't want to take on that adversity. Right. So they're to another school where they can play right now. Right. And I think that is changing the entire character of how that person's going to move on in life after sports. Right. I, uh, so, I mean. I, I, okay, so when we first started, uh, when I first contacted you, and then we brought up the podcast, and then I asked you to come on, you weren't sure, then you said, yeah, for sure, you know. Right. The last thing I ever thought you would bring up would be <laughs> it was that, that shit that happened between <laughs> us personally, for sure. You know what I mean? But you brought it up, and I'm, but I'm glad you did. You know what I mean? Well, it just I wasn't. adds to um, it. Just adds to people aren't who they are. You know, if people change. People can change, right? So there you go. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the discussion, you know, what we were talking about, kind of give people an idea of of what we went through. Right. You know, me <laughs> that. Right. And how where we are now, I think that gives people a a reason to believe that 
it's not, you know, life or death to right. not agree with somebody. Yeah, you it's know? not. Like, I would totally go hunting with you or fishing with you. Right. I mean, we're talking about back in high school, which was almost 20 years ago, which is weird. I had, uh, I, you know, I had, uh, I'll be I, right back. I, I'm not gonna lie. I got a fucking piss. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I was just gonna say, um, I remember running into uh, somebody I went to high school with, uh, probably like, you know, I don't know, seven, eight years later, maybe even 10 years later. I don't even know. I can't remember. But anyway, several years later, and, uh, and I was talking to him, and anyway, uh, they were like, yeah, whatever happened in high school, just forget about that. You know, that doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So I think, right. you know, I, I think that's, that's, that may be just an American thing, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I went to high school and, you know, late 80s, early 90s, so um, anyway, it was probably even different than than what you guys had, but yeah, right. I'm, just, I'm just saying, yeah, that's what they told me, and I was like, okay, and then they were really friendly with me, and these were like people that was like real popular, you know, back in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, all right, well, that's cool, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, just just forget about high school, that doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Well, and that, and in in some sense, like people say, you know, just it's in the past, let it go. Well, I think I think you got to use the past to learn from it, right? Uh, but you have to, like I was saying about those stepping stones, you have to you have to utilize that past in the right sense. You can't use it to to hold a grudge or anything like that. You need to to learn from the whole situation, right? Uh, so I mean, but that you know we we talked about sean and i but then you know there was like my senior year of high school you know i didn't i thought i was part of every you know i i didn't pick a certain group obviously there was you know i had a close circle with with my friends you know whether that was because of sports or whatever but they uh you know i still hung out with tried to hang out with everybody right somebody somebody that I considered a friend that I was, you know, on a talking basis, you know, said hi to every time I saw him, whatever, ran into him, whatever. But they had told me, they go, you know, I thought you were too good for me. And Hmm. I, you know, that kind of opened my eyes. And I was like, why? And the first thing that came to my head was, why do you think that? Because that's not the type of person that I am. Like, I don't, I don't feel that I'm better than anybody so why you know tell me why so that i can fix it so what they say i well that was almost 20 years ago so i can't remember okay i think it was because of the people that i hung out with okay and they so they saw me hanging out with a certain group of people you know most of the time and then i'm like well yeah but i you know i hang out with so-and-so i hang out with so-and-so like you know, I wasn't completely just in one group, in one circle, the whole time that I was in high school. 
So I guess I probably wasn't either, but <clears throat> my my thing was uh like um I did have I there was like several jocks and you know, I didn't play sports in high school. But uh there were several jocks that would, you know, talk to me and they were, you know, open you know, some of them I went to elementary school with, so they had right. a they had a, a past with me a little bit, but um uh but a lot of them they were still pretty cool with me and uh, you know, I appreciated that. Um you know I you know, they they were more open to have other friends or whatever. I wasn't necessarily total friends with them or anything. I just, but they would talk to me and, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, like, it just goes back to, like, not turning your back on somebody just because of social pressure. And I think, right. I think the girl, think, the, in high school anyway, the girls were worse. They were, they were worse than, than, than the guys as far as that goes. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. But I think that I think that goes back to the whole rural America thing where you know, sometimes you know, like Sean was throwing out the generalizations of you know, the farmers or whatever, you know, when somebody from the big city hears somebody from town that's got you know, 700 kids in its high school or less, like they just think it's some po-dunk blah blah blah, but but really, I think it it gives people a more rich character because yeah. you have all walks of life and oh, yeah. all going through certain stuff where <clears throat> these these big city kids, you know, they get they're in their circle and they just stay in their circle and they don't really venture out. I mean, some of them do, obviously, but you know, for the most part, I think that's what's happening. I mean, that's just fine. Right. Well, Sean's back. <laughs> Been back. Done after taking a piss break. Hey, dude. I had to go. Gotta go. Gotta, gotta go. go. Gotta go. So, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thankful for <clears throat> my upbringing and all the stuff that I've gone through to be the the type of person that I am. Right. And I think you're good to do. I think I, you're, I think you're a good realtor. For sure. That's one of the best compliments, you know. That's I think that's the only compliment that I really appreciate truly. The only one that really matters to me is just I want people to say that I'm a good dude. Like you're definitely That's, a good dude, man. Yeah, I can tell you're a good dude yeah. myself, and I've never met you before until today. So, yeah, you know, I'd, <clears throat> I'd honestly like to have you on again, like after all this shit subsides or whatever it's going to do. You know, I think yeah. you're a lot like me, to be honest with you. Maybe you can come <laughs> on. You know, actually come to the studio. Yeah, drink I can some, do that. Drink some beers. <laughs> you know, like yeah. drinking beer still, right? Hopefully, yeah, we can. <laughs> We can definitely have some discussions. I'm a talker, as anybody that knows me can attest. <laughs> right. Okay, well, I'm going to persuade you, and uh, it's only going to be me, you, and a few other people that would know who I'm even talking about, okay? Right. 
I want you to persuade Hoff Road on coming on. Oh, all right. All right, I'll see what I can do. I've talked to him a few times. Yeah? I've talked to him a few times. You know, he said he'd think about it. I think, yeah. I think, uh, I think most people think this is going to be some kind of agenda, like get you on here and berate you of who you vote for, who you stand for, like type shit like right. that. But uh, did you think uh, that when you first were going to reel in? You know, no, I was <clears throat> like I said, I'm kind of open minded person, so yeah, I was pretty open minded to. I didn't really care what if there was an agenda or anything. You know, just kind of tackling. No, uh, no, no. You fuck no. You even brought up crazy shit. <laughs> Jesus 20. Christ! <laughs> but I, would I mean, never that's... brought any of that up. <laughs> hey. But you hey. did. I mean, I'm fine with it. That's fine. Yeah. You know. I mean. It's... I, so I just who I was, yeah. I think it, it's more so the idea of, of where we are now, you know, after the past, like showing substance to what I'm saying. Oh you know, yeah, the type of person that you are now, the type of person that I am now, you know, and totally different. But, yeah, if you I mean, took that incident back when it happened. And you've been like, these two guys are going to be uh, on a podcast together. People have been like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And I think that, you know, it goes back to just doing, doing the right thing. And some people like, you know, maybe I didn't handle that situation right. Maybe because I didn't know your whole situation like I should have, you know, like it, that's the humility part of it. Like, that's what I was saying. I didn't, it wasn't for you to apologize because you already had, but you know, that like, I look at that situation as like that situation should have never happened. Well, no, it shouldn't have never happened. But what, what could I, what happened is a bunch of misinformation and then you have a wackadoo on, on top well, of you. But the way <laughs> most that I people think don't, I don't think um, most people, I don't think have an experience of wackadoos like well, myself. But I, but where I was getting is, I look at it as what what could have I done better? Nothing. Prevent. I, I think I could have done some stuff better. Nah, absolutely not, dude. There's <laughs> nothing you could have done. Totally me, totally fucking wackadoo, fucking you know, bullshit. high school bullshit. That's what it was, right? You know? Wackadoo but, high school bullshit, and then here I, I come, like a goddamn yeah. fucking grizzly bear. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck you talking about? You know? And it's like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? And it's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just here <laughs> to kill people. <laughs> you know. But, it's ridiculous. But see, I, I never... 20 I never years later, it, it's retarded. At all. So, it was... It was, it was just, But, you know, it's... I, I think going 
through it now and seeing how some people and some parents deal with their kids going through a similar type of situation, you know, I think that is the way I handle things is because obviously as a whole entire person that I am, but you know, certain circumstances, certain situations that occurred in my past like that one and like, Hey, no, you don't need to handle that situation this way. You know, what's hilarious is, um, so my oldest son, right. Mm -hmm. Ended up having the same situation of, you know, some shit going down. Where's dad? <laughs> you know, and it's just like you gotta handle your own shit, dude. Right. And then uh, after it was all over, I was like, "Fuck him! What the fuck am I doing?" You know, the fuck was I doing back then? What was that? Two thousand one, ninety nine, two thousand two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, but so. that, but the, see, there you are, and showing the type of person that you are now, and that's going true. back. You know that's that's it, what it, it still doesn't not, change anything. Yeah, but there's not, there's still not. Like, while you're on your fifth break, Randy and I were talking, and you know it's one of those things where, you know, he stated about his his you know, people that he knew in high school coming up to him and say, Hey, forget high school. And I agree with that, but I think you still need to remember that and, and grow from it. Not, not forget it ever happened right. but from it and be better because of it. Well, so, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, you know, I think there can be positives from every situation. Right. No matter if it is, you know, you just gotta you gotta look at it that way, right? And there, the way people handle that. I mean, here I am talking, you know, and I can be a negative Nancy, you know, a whole bunch. But then, when given time, I go back and look on things, right. and that's that's when I start to get that positive outlook. Well, so you know, nowadays it's uh. We appreciate the uh, positive outlook. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, mean, I try to be—I try to be a realist, but I also try to look at the positives on things that can be positive. Right. That should be. So, but yeah, well, dude, there's nothing more than I appreciate you coming on for sure. Yeah, I Absolutely. appreciate it too. It was my pleasure. For sure. Hopefully you'll come back. Maybe you can come back in person next time. Absolutely. I think that's a, that would be a good time. You like Bud Light? I can do that, yeah. There we go. Come to the studio, drink a little Bud Light, hang out. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to get a pool table. <laughs> yeah. We've been working on it, okay? Yeah. But I appreciate it, fellas. Hey, it's no problem. Yeah, yeah, hey, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. You've been a really good guest. Big time. Um, if you mind staying on the line till a, for a second, right? Yeah, I can do that. Cool deal. Well, that's it, Randy. You talk to him. Right. Talk to the old realtor, Brandon.
And uh, what do you think? I think it was a good. I think it was good fucking one. great. Mm-hmm. Appreciate everything. So uh, thank you, Realtor uh, Brandon. And uh, I guess we'll get out of here and on to the next one, right? Yeah. There we go. Oh, oh. Huh?